Welcome everybody to the next episode of the Cannabis Review. I'm delighted to be joined in this episode by Russell Pace, who's the founder of the Cannabis Horticulture Association. Russell is also a cannabis cultivation consultant with a specialization on nursery production and integrated pest management. He's been cultivating cannabis for the last 20 years with the past 16 in Humboldt County. How are you keeping, Russell? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's really nice to uh, connect overseas. The technology is awesome. Delighted to have you on, mate. You're one of the people who've got a wealth of information and knowledge that could be bestowed to the audience. So the objective (laughs) is just to give everybody a quick little overview of a couple of difficult topics. Um, do you maybe want to give, uh, I actually, general, I'm going to jump straight into the first topic instead of doing a big long introduction. So soil science, can you maybe give the viewer a, a couple of minutes overview of how important soil science is to the cultivation process? Yeah, sure. You know, I'll try to give an overarching uh, topic, you know, <clears throat> but soil science to me is, uh, you know, the complexities between soil biology and soil chemistry. And a lot of times, you know, people just think of soil science as just what what the chemistry is. But, you know, over the last decade, for me personally, I've learned how important biology is too. you know, and I got sort of tipped off to it, you know, through Elaine Ingham um, and her whole soil biology, uh, all of her courses and, and that whole industry that's been developing. And, you know, basically people think sometimes you just add nutrients into the soil and the roots of the cannabis plant or any plant uptake those nutrients. And then that's how the plant absorbs the nutrients. But what's amazing, what's, what's going on actually inside the soil within the, within the biology is just, it's so staggering how many reactions are occurring in the soil. You know, like I I try to remember how many billions of, of, of microbes there are in one handful of soil, but it's, it's an, it's a staggering number of microbes in one hand of soil. You know, you have, your protozoa, your amoebas, your flagellates, your ciliates, your bacteria, your fungi, your arthropods. There's like a whole range of, of life that's it's occurring in the soil. And so, you know, basically what when the when the nutrients go into the soil, they're not always in bioavailable form, or if they're already in the soil, they're not in bioavailable form. And what what occurs is that there's this really complex interaction between the root systems and the soil microbiology. And the root systems are actually releasing exudates. And an exudate is just uh, a chemical that, or, you know, actually I think they're more like carbohydrates a lot of the times. It's like a, it's a secretion. There, there's a secretion that's occurring from the roots going into the soil. They're cross, there's a crosstalk going on with the biology where the plants root systems are releasing these exudates to communicate with microbiology and then they'll talk to fungi and be like here you can have some of this but in exchange i need some potassium or phosphate then the fungi's hyphal network can extend like you know many feet outward and if they're connected it's like a little super highway that over here you know i'll try to get a screenshot over here, it feeds through and can actually transport nutrients all the way over to the plant's root systems for the plant to grow. So there's this like incredibly complex interaction. And at first, you know, this whole thing was just like the industry, you know, at large is like feed the nutrients in the soil and the plants uptake them. And it's moving more towards feed the soil, like make sure you have a healthy population of microbiology in the soil, because what that does is it allows you to optimize nutrient uptake 
and it's means it means that you don't have to use as much nutrients. If you have a really healthy soil biology, you can use a fraction of the percentage of nutrients and still achieve the same result or even better because of plant health. We all know like our how important it is our microbiology in our stomach. Like they're starting to recognize like our our health is like intricately tied to the microbiome in our stomach. Well, the same with the earth, and it's that old alchemist saying as above so below like it's the same process that's going on and we need to be aware of how important soil biology is for soil science okay amazing. that's a brilliant overview so you can see a future now where you're getting basically let's say grow at home kits are going to have soil pre-planted and as important as the genetics part of the the cultivation process which uh, again is a hotter old market to open up into and second topic i wanted to talk to you about and maybe give it's something that I wouldn't know too much about is agroecology. Can you maybe give to everybody watching a, a good overview on what this is and how you specialize it in it? Yeah, no. So agroecology is something that's not very, it, it's, I understand it, but I, it's not in my wheelhouse. It's, it's more of agroecology to me. Like I talk with agroecology a lot with uh, my buddy Matthew Gates, who is an entomologist down in San Diego. He, he has a handle, uh, Sink Angel on Instagram. He's a absolute powerhouse of knowledge, you know? So one thing that that's important for me is that I don't always have all the answers to everything, but what I do have is the means and ability to access all of the answers to everything. That's something I pride myself on. But, you know, it's like, to me, there's this concept of, ag- agroecology where you're tying in agriculture with ecology it's like it's the combination of the two and they they sort of espouse the term agroecology to try to optimize you know these large agricultural um plots you know and and they try and they're and they're trying to tie them in to some type of e- with some type of ecological framework you know and so maybe agroecology looks something like oh we have a bunch of acres of this one crop but we're planting uh rows intercropping rows of some type of companion plant to attract beneficial insects you know agroecology means oh we're going to cover crop this winter all of those kinds of any any type of way that you can integrate some ecological methodology into traditional agriculture that to me is what agroecology is i'm sure there's agroecologists that will chime in and you know offer their more technical definition of what it is but that's to me what it means and it's kind of like one of those terms where I don't know, people overuse it in some, some like, you know, <clears throat> it sometimes gets misused in the industry. Like, you know, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, we can move on when, to the to, No, no, to... when people, it's sort of like when people use like, when, 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 a, when a company that's trying to create a product, like a food product, and they call it natural, you know, it's all natural. You know, it sort of gets overused sometimes in some some fields. So it's important just to understand it for what it is like, which is an important way to integrate ecological methods into agriculture. Yeah, that's brilliant. The objective of this is to educate everybody. I don't think half the people out there have the answers to everything, but I think by uh, sharing these ideas and bits of information is how everybody kind of gets up to speed. One of the things I'm curious to ask you about 
Um, Humboldt County, well, it was a, a, maybe a year or so ago, got a jurisdiction almost like Champagne when it comes mm. to the cultivation of cannabis. Do you know the exact uh, purview of exactly what that law is and what it means to the industry? Ah, uh, yes, the old the old Appalachians battle, as they say. Yes, the Appalachians. Yes, I'm I'm definitely sort of in the midst of uh, just watching everyone work towards creating Appalachians now. Uh, I don't think there was it wasn't a law. It was just you know there's there's classifications they're trying to establish i don't know the details of like i it's it's a complicated topic because basically i mean i'll go on a side a side tangent here for a second you know it's like if you look i have mixed feelings about it because if you look at the true appellations and terroir that's associated with wine production right you know we all are well tuned into that these grapes are growing in the ground for decades, right? Decades. And cannabis is a plant that is one season. And so there's a lot of complex variables when you're trying to identify how a farm is going to apply the, you know, for a per for for a classification for appellations of a certain region. You know, like how how does the terroir of the soil of the sea air affect the growth of a cannabis plant? How does it affect the secondary metabolite production? You know, like the Champagne region in France, what it's a specific, I don't know a lot about it, but it's a specific type of soil. Obviously those roots go in the ground for decades and they're sucking out those minerals. You know, there's like acidity levels. There's like very specific things that produce a flavor. And I don't know, I don't know how they're going to necessarily achieve that in cannabis, but they're working towards it. I think it is possible. I think there's a pos there's definitely a framework of possibility where if you're you have to go into the native soil, you can't have potting soil. You know, you have to be in the native soil. You have to you be using inputs from that environment. You know, and, and there's important variables that need to be set in place for those appellations to occur. But it is occurring. It's also happening. I think in mendocino county it's talking the whole emerald triangle that's really the hub it's like the emerald triangle in northern california is that hub where all the appellations are being talked about and trying to be developed so i know it's kind of like a tangent but yeah it's really it's really interesting to me and it's it's in the it's a lot of it's in development like they're i think there's what's that what's that group the origins council They're, they're called the origins council they have a lot of information on Appalachians too, you can check them out. Um, you might want to talk. You might want to talk to them. That might be a good person to reach out to. Yeah, it's trying to get step by step to understand every single component of this global industry, so Ireland can be a key player when it all goes legal worldwide. Yeah, what's it, what are your laws in Ireland right now? I was curious. So there's a, basically an MCAP medical cannabis access program, but it limits to a handful of different diseases, and the products are obviously brought mm-hmm. in from some of the, let's say, uh, less suitable yeah. people in Canada who didn't get it exactly right and have a huge <laughs> So we just leave it at that. But it looks, Europe is getting a bit of a tidal wave going now. In fairness, you've got Germany, you're going to have a recreational market hopefully soon. You've got movements going on. Malta are going to be a big hub in terms of the cultivation and processing of flowers. So you'll start to see step by step uh, 
Europe come over and uh, I think you'll have, especially cultivation, the farmers over here are already some of the best in the world as it is. So I think when they get to tap into the, the genetics and the real understanding of the cannabis plant, and I think you'll see a lot of new strains and genetics coming out of Europe within time. Last topic I That's wanted great. to talk to you about was the best weed is grown in Ah, yes. I've asked a ton of cultivation people this. So I'm not putting you on the spot. I've got no, no, it's fine. Hey, yeah. I'm in Humboldt. I'm in Humboldt County. So I've been in Humboldt County since 2006. So I would say I would be very careful. And I would say the best weed in the world is grown in the Emerald Triangle, which means oh, Humboldt County, Trinity County, and Mendocino County. Northern California, the Emerald Triangle. I could say Humboldt County, you know, but I have too many friends. They're in Mendo and Trinity too, and they all grow. It's it's the whole bioregion of that that area where you know it's been cultivated forever. It's you know they these people these generational farmers have battled the police forever, and they've been getting seeds from overseas you know from afghanistan and pakistan and land races from down south america you know and they've been breeding and cultivating these like this is the hotbed of where all of this breeding is occur has occurred so i would definitely without a doubt say the emerald triangle is the zone and humboldt county is obviously one of the best known names like you don't know about trinity and mendocino so so a lot of times when you say humboldt county is the best weed in the world there's a certain sense of pride in that because I've been in the county. I'm right on the county line. Like I go two miles east and Trinity County's right there. So, you know, it's like we're right right on the border there. Um, but yeah, Humboldt County is the best. You've just so many amazing genetics and uh, up here breeding. I'm breeding. I'm doing a, uh, I started a seed company, part of Chaz. We're doing seed production now. So we're producing our whole line of genetics for concentrate production. And uh, that's really exciting. So that's in the developing works right now. And uh, yeah, that's it. Emerald Triangle. Final Emerald answer. Triangle. Yeah, I, I have a figure we, we've done some stuff before where we figured out where the best oysters are grown in the world. And it turns out it was in Galway by this Irish family. And it was because huh. specific rainwater came off the burn. Another bit of soil came off the land and it combined with Atlantic waters where they were only place in the world that had Ferrari oysters. They were called a graded in zero to 10 in terms of the best size. These guys had zeros and they used to get ah. the owner of uh, Harrods all the time. So I pretty much picture uh, the Emerald Triangle is that exact synopsis plus for oysters, the exact nutrients, the exact the pollution air count the exact lighting and PhD that they, they get. So uh, yep, it's going yep. to be somewhere that everybody should check out on their uh, tourism when they come with Reds. Yes, come come to, check out Humboldt County. We have the Redwoods, the tallest, biggest trees in the world. The Redwood, the Redwoods are amazing to see. The Avenue of the Giants, it's amazing. Giants. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to Russell Meadow. I could talk to you all day about this stuff. If everybody wants to check out the uh, website for the Cannabis Horticultural Association, you can see it there below. I'll have it in the link as well below. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Russell Meadow. You have a great rest of your day, and uh, I look forward to chatting to you again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks Take it so easy. Till next time. Bye.